Chapter 27 Fallen Toward Center At last I had it. What I had been looking for, searching and striving within my grasp. Well, not really what I had been looking for. I wanted to be free of Dale Morgan. I wanted my life back, my heart. What I had found was the end of my errand. I now held dragon's breath. The very thing that Del Morgan had sent me in search of so very long ago. I couldn't remember the beginning, only that I'd been searching, seeking, striving to learn what it was that I now held. Dragon's breath! In a flask-like wineskin, more leather than clay, it sloshed as I held it. I still didn't know what it was, and all it cost me was two memories. I couldn't remember. Hunter held them like spider silk. Gossamer lay so thin and vulnerable that it looked as if even the touch of her breath might destroy it. My forgotten memories. Payment for dragon's breath, all red and gold and green, looking for all the world like the graceful fabric of her robe, as if she might weave my memories into her robe so that I became part of her. And I wondered if she conducted all business by memory. I wondered what life enfolded her, all memory woven together until they were a single dream of sorrow and hope and pain and joy. That's how I left Hunter, draped in her memories, holding mine fresh in her hands, wondering what it was that I'd given her, not knowing if I would ever remember. I left Hunter and followed Hobbs through the simple street of the town, if you could call it that, give it such a name as town. There were about two streets marked out because that's how the buildings rested, supporting the illusion of roads, this community, this little gathering in the wilderness. It was nothing compared to the city, would not even fit into one short block. The city would swallow it whole and not even notice. And then Hobbs stopped, the little town in the wilderness all around us growing quiet, and Hobbs pulled me from the street, stopping between shops, ducking down, and we waited half hidden by shadow, watching the street. I didn't talk, I couldn't talk, ask questions, I didn't want to break the silence all around us, quiet for a purpose, watching with bated breath what the future might hold. And I saw him, with a sack over his shoulder, walking the street, looking from shop to stall with only half an eye, as if he were window shopping, seeking something that was not there, looking for something other than where his eye might wander. I would learn that his name was Hale, one of the fair folk. Not then. I knew nothing then. Only later what I learned. One of the fair folk. He carried a sack of children's souls. You could see them through the dark fabric, little children, with round and innocent faces, barely more than babies, peering out of the sack, watching the world flow by. You could watch them push at the sack with little hands, 
trying to be free. Every now and again he might take one of the souls from his sack and play with it. Once in a great while, he would eat one. He'll never went hungry. There were always fresh souls to be found. And that was it. Hill was gone, leaving the twin streets behind him. And slowly, life returned to the small town like sunlight drifting through smoke after a great forest fire. And Hobbs emerged from the shadows. I followed, looking to where Hale had disappeared, leaving the town behind him. He was looking for you, I think, because of what you had found and what you had cast aside. What? You mean the- Hush! There really wasn't much of anything I wanted to say after that. Not much of anything I wanted to think, either. Didn't know if this was the kind of situation where the guy could hear what we were saying just because we were talking about him. Watch him saunter back into town because I said the wrong word. Swinging his sack over his shoulder. Watch those thoughts, he'll hear you. Wait, am I thinking the sound or telling it? Now, God, this place makes my head hurt. But that was it, really. Not much else to say. Nothing much else to do. Wasn't gonna say much, holding my flask of dragon's breath. The very stuff I'd first ventured into the underground for. Why I'd listened to a perfect stranger standing in Old Man Whetstone's shop was something I hadn't even begun to consider. Still, I had it. Don't know how long it took. Didn't know if Dumb Morgan was looking for me. If she considered me a complete failure, what her reaction would be when I finally did return. I must say I was perversely curious to find out what her reaction would be. In the meantime, I had Hobbs to keep me company. She seemed to be determined to walk me back to the city. Part of that whole guilt-dead thing she said she owed me. Whatever, she was good company. Didn't say much, which was fine, since I didn't say much either. I did notice one thing. Her staff, she just carried it around everywhere. Never walked with it, never leaned against it. Just kind of held it slung over her shoulder. Did I mention she had a staff? I must have at some point. Can't remember describing it. It was kind of cool, really. It looked like three old and polished branches, all wrapped and entwined together, like they had been woven into a single whole. Three branches from three very different trees had been joined together to make something greater than they had ever could have been separate. Well, anyways, it was a long walk, not much to do, holding dragon's breath in my hand. Still didn't know what it was. I was seriously tempted to open the bottle find out. Don't know what held me back. Guess I'd been through so much, I just wanted to get the damn stuff to Del Morgan. Maybe throw it into her pretty little face. I don't know. Something. I can be stubborn. I'd been through too damn much to get this stuff to let it go. Still, it was a long walk. Hobbs, do you believe in God? kind of damn fool question is that? Do I believe in God? No. Then I don't understand. You said never trust an angel. Didn't sound like pocket philosophy. Like you really believed in what you were saying. Damn straight. 
Let me tell you a little something about angels. They're conniving, deceitful, and bloodthirsty. It's like they know what is best for you, but they don't care. All that matters is that they are right. If you should lose a limb, who cares? There are a thousand more just like you. So you believe in angels? I don't have to believe in angels. They're there. Can't get rid of the fuckers. But you don't believe in God. Which one? Which one what? God. You don't have to believe in them. They are there, whether you want them or not. Gods by the bushel and by the pound. Gods of the hearth and fire. Home and family. Gods of famine, war, and love. This one sick bastard of a god made a whole world for torturing souls. Can you believe it? I mean, what kind of depraved and sadistic freak would go and do something like that? You know, I never can figure out if you're being serious or not. That's because I think you're confusing a couple different things. Faith, belief, and existence. You asked if I believed and tied it to whether or not gods exist. Faith is not the same thing as existing. You're going to have to figure that out. Now I know you're just talking crazy. God exists or does not. If he does, then my faith is justified. No, you've got it horribly mixed up. Faith in existence. Gods exist whether you want them to or not. To have faith in one is to draw strength from it in exchange for your soul. You make it sound like a deal with the devil. Who? The devil! You know, pitchfork and horns, cloven hooves and a tail. Some call him Lucifer, the fallen angel. Never heard of him. You just made fun of hell, and now you're saying you've never heard of Lucifer? You mean that sadistic god I've heard of is called Lucifer? I don't care for gods, and I don't try to keep track of them. You've got your whole concept of faith tangled up with gods. You're going to have to separate the two before you ever hope to find your faith again. There's no talking to you. You just said I have to abandon my faith in order to find God. Ooh, missed it by that much. Faith, that which gives you strength to get up in the morning. If you want to tie that into whether or not a god is going to stick its tongue in your ear, you go right ahead. Well, that was a total washout. I really didn't know what to say after that. Hobbes said I had to separate faith from God. That made no sense. What is faith? The belief in God, right? The things we believe in, like death and taxes. The fact that gasoline prices only go up and never down. That someone's watching over us, looking after us, has a plan and loves us. That's faith, right? What the hell did I know? Del Morgan was right. I had lost my faith. I don't know what I believe in anymore. Pops talked about angels. I don't know. I just don't. I wanted to ask, I wanted to believe, and all of this I wanted something to make sense. So we walked for a time saying nothing. We were following a track like a dirt road. Wheel ruts to mark the passage of a million million wagons. City was above us, and that was really weird. I mean, when was the last time I had walked its streets, stood among people, even though I couldn't talk to them? I could only answer questions. Nobody was going to ask. It all seems so normal, so ordinary. I really had been underground too long till Morgan was waiting. Eventually, I realized that the dirt track was more defined, like I was walking along a train track. And that was when I realized that I was following a train track, the underground. People ride trains through the underground. God, it had been so long, I'd forgotten. I turned to Hobbs and realized she wasn't there. She'd left me at some point, I guess. I had to finish the journey on my own. So I kept walking, wondering what time it was, day or night, summer or fall. You, you know, I didn't know. 
At some point, I started to wonder if I might run into a train. That didn't happen. Then I could see light at the end of the tunnel. Well, not really the end of the tunnel, just the station, you know, the platform, where I climbed onto the track and began walking in the darkness so long ago. There were people about, and they paid no attention to me as I climbed onto the platform. Thought about punching someone just to see if they would notice, but no. I still wanted to get the dragon's breath home. It really was kind of freaky. Walking through the city after being under it for so long, trading dark passages and forgotten caverns for city streets and tall skyscrapers. Yeah, it was weird. Anyway, I found my way back to the apartment building. Dor was still sitting behind his desk. Place still smelled like piss. Took the elevator, opened the door. I would leave the dragon's breath in the kitchen. The dragon was there! Motherfucker. What the fuck was he doing there? My dragon. Not the giant cross between a snake and a lizard that had guarded the water of life. My dragon. In his old manskin, checkmate in eleven fucking moves. I couldn't move. I wanted to scream. I wanted to claw his eyes out. He just looked at me with his dark eyes and didn't say anything. Till Morgan was there, they looked to have been talking. There's just one thing I don't understand. What possessed him to look for Dragon's Breath in the underground? With that, the dragon left. He took Del Morgan's hand, shook it gracefully, turned to the door and left, leaving Del Morgan and me standing there looking at each other. She didn't say anything, and I knew, knew all in an instant Del Morgan and the dragon knew each other. They were old friends, had probably been friends since Del Morgan had been young. They got together every so often to talk, swap stories, probably even played chess. Hell, I'm more than half convinced the dragon had been at the party I told you about. Del Morgan didn't say anything. She just looked at me. Looked at me and quietly shook her head. As if I was being scolded. As if I was being punished like a child. Someone who simply didn't know any better and no amount of screaming was going to make the slightest difference. Well, what did she expect? Given no direction, had to learn everything on my own, I still didn't know what the fuck dragon's breath was, and she knew a dragon. So what was the fucking deal? Why did she force me through all of that just to get something she could have gotten much more easily? Maybe it all been part of some absurd plan to get the water of life. What do I know? She held out her hand. I knew what she wanted. Didn't even have to guess. I gave her the dragon's breath. Not knowing what it was. That was it. Job done. I turned and left. Not expecting a thank you, not receiving one. I went straight to my room, flopped on the bed, intending to sleep for at least a week, and I did.
This audio recording of The Fearful Pygidian, Pin the Tail on the Donkey, is copyright 2010 by Keith T. Jones. All rights reserved.